Players Podcast Standby. Places, please. Hosts and guests, places, please. House lights, go. Curtain, go. Podcast, go. Welcome to Places, Please, a podcast produced by the Community Players Theater in Beatrice, Nebraska. I'm Jamie Ulmer, Managing Artistic Director for the Theater, and this is Season 3, Episode 1, for our production of Disney's Frozen Junior. This show is our Stars of Summer Youth production and the first show of the 2021-2022 season of CP Events. It's also the first of a series of shows that we had planned on doing, oh, about a year ago, but a little something delayed most of our major productions. Speaking of which, a quick update on our COVID procedures. As of this recording, we have returned to full capacity. We are not requiring masks. However, we encourage members of the general public who have not been fully vaccinated to please wear appropriate face coverings. Okay, enough about that stuff. Coming up in Act 2 of this episode, we feature two scenes. The first is an interview with Elsa and Anna themselves, Cecily Weedle and Bailey Schwab. Then, scene two, we talk to CP Associate Artistic Director Tyler Innie, who directs the production. But first, Act One. Frozen Junior is a youth adaptation of a little animated movie that you might have heard of called Frozen. Do I really need to give you any more background or history about that 2013 movie, or should I just let it go? Sorry, I couldn't help myself. Not only is this adaptation influenced by the movie, including most of the catchy earworm songs, but it also draws heavily on the Broadway stage version. Shortly after the mega-success of the film, Disney announced that they would be creating a stage version of the show, following in the success of such screen-to-stage adaptations of Lion King, Beauty and the Beast, and Aladdin. For the stage version, husband and wife songwriting team Kristen Anderson Lopez and Robert Lopez returned to augment their Academy Award-winning score. There were a few notable additions to the score, including a song for Elsa in Act 1 called Dangerous to Dream, and a frolicking ensemble number called Hige. That one gets stuck in your head. The show opened on Broadway in March of 2018, and closed in March of 2020 due to the pandemic, along with the rest of Broadway. Disney announced that the show would not reopen following the pandemic, but that the national tour is likely to continue. This production is part of the Broadway Junior series of shows published by Music Theatre International. This series takes full-length shows and adapts them for younger performers. This includes streamlining the script so it runs approximately one hour, and arranges the songs so they are easier for young performers to sing. All performers in a junior version of a show must be under 18. Our production is part of our Stars of Summer series, which includes young actors from 8 to 16. We typically alternate between a large musical one year and a large play the next. We had initially planned Frozen Junior for last summer. Our production runs approximately 70 to 75 minutes. The show is rated A1 on our production rating scale. That means it is for all audiences or is the equivalent of a G-rated movie. At each performance, we will also be holding a Split the Pot raffle in support of the Karen Reynolds Memorial Scholarship Fund which offers scholarship opportunities for students in our educational programming. That brings down the curtain on Act 1. Stand by for Act 2, Scene 1. We are now joined on the podcast by two of the uh, wonderful young actresses in Frozen Junior. Um, ladies, why don't you introduce yourselves and tell us who you're playing in the show. 
I am Cecily Weedle, and I play Elsa. I am Bailey Schwab, and I play Anna. All right. So what has it been like for the two of you playing these characters? You know, especially when, you know, you, you do have a little bit of uh, added pressure, I think, uh, playing these characters as opposed to just a character from a random play that maybe some hack like Tyler Rini wrote. <laughs> um, so what's it like playing these kind of iconic characters? It's a lot of pressure, really. You have... A lot of, but it's a lot of fun doing it when you get into the songs and stuff. So, yeah, it is a lot of fun because you have to. And these characters, you really have to nail on on point. Because like, if you say a certain line with like a different tone, then it's like giving a different message. You have to give the right inflection on all the lines and songs to get the right message out. But overall, it's really fun. Yeah, yeah. So, how have you guys dealt with uh, those expectations? You just. Let, Let it go. go. <laughs> ah, ah, there There's, you go. <laughs> you, you, uh, you take that nervousness and you put it into the songs that you want to sing and let that guide the way you sing it. So. Yeah. Um, so do you guys have any uh, particular part of the show that is maybe your favorite part? Huh. I think probably... Olaf's song is really fun. I, I love his costume. <laughs> you didn't costume. pick your own song. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> I really like my first song, too, though. That one's fun to sing all the time. But why, why do you like Olaf's? He, his costume is amazing. <laughs> it's, it's great. And David Marstad does a really good job of playing Olaf in the show. Yeah, I'd say my favorite parts of the show, there's a couple that I have. Um, I really like it when me and Cecily get to yell at each other on stage because yeah. that that moment gets really intense. And with the backup track, it gives it a lot more um, intensity and makes it more real. And I also really like uh, the first time in Forever Reprise because that really gets a lot of heart and emotion into the play. Yeah. Um, so uh, what is it that you hope people, parents, snowmen, uh, whoever that comes to uh, see the show, um, what do you think, what do you hope that they take away from it? That family is important, that you don't want to shut people out just because you're afraid of hurting them. You have to have uh, let other people help you and just be yourself around others. Yeah, it kind of shows, like, what's important in life. Like, be yourself, and, like, you can be funny, you can be, there are those sad moments, but, like, we're all a family, and we can all pick each other up with that love that we all have. All right, awesome. Well, I think that is going to wrap it up for us. We're a, a full full podcast today with three guests. Um, I know, I wonder who that third guest is. Uh <laughs> Um, so anyway, thank you ladies so much for joining us and um, have a good show. Thank you. Thank you. And we are now here with Act 2, Scene 2 uh, of today's episode with the most frequent podcast guest, uh, Associate Artistic Director Tyler Rinney. Tyler, did you, did you bring your punch card? Oh, yes. Uh, make sure to get that on there so I get a free podcast at the end of this. Yeah, you get a free foot-long podcast. Oh, great. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> um, so talk to us a little bit about Frozen Junior. This show, like a lot of things that we're going to be doing this 
this season um, has kind of been a long time coming, hasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, in fact, we increased uh, the age range <laughs> temporarily for this show so that kids that were planning on doing it last summer still had that opportunity to do it this summer. And I'm glad we did that because we had some kids take us up on it uh, that were able to do this long time coming show and they were excited to do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so... Uh, there's some expectations with a show like this. We just uh, got done talking to the adult versions of, of Anna and Elsa. Um, uh, just kind of about dealing with the expectations of the roles that they're playing in the show. Um, how has the expectations of such an iconic show influenced and impacted the way you've directed the show? Yeah, they're always fun and a challenge because you have that starting point, but you also want to make sure as a director and as a cast uh, to make the show your own as well. That if you just did exactly the movie, you might as well go watch the movie. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, it's just taking the liberties with that great starting point that they give you with this classic story, this classic movie, and really making sure it's fun that you all you have those great songs that they have that built-in expectation, like you said, but also they have that built-in energy as well. That there's songs like, of course, like "Let It Go," that these kids have been singing for. 10 years now maybe not quite 10 years uh, has it been 10 years since that movie <laughs> probably not quite <laughs> but, but probably starting to get close it's getting close to that because actually bailey was talking to me when she auditioned for little mermaid which was our second musical we did as stars of summer she said she sang one of the songs that she sings in this show for oh, her audition <laughs> and she said everybody else was singing let it go but i picked out an anna song so she <laughs> she sang one of those even back then she was always meant to be anna exactly <laughs> Um, so talk to us about some of the um, design choices you've made in the show. Um, from a visual standpoint, I think you've done a really nice job of making this show very unique. So uh, what influenced some of the choices that you've made from a design standpoint? And uh, what can audiences kind of expect looking at it? Like you said, you have that expectation of how this movie looks, but I wanted to go back even further than that, and I dug into some of the original concept designs uh, for the movie. Um, I have a nice big uh, Disney Art of Disney book that I dove into for some color inspiration and uh, some different takes on some of the designs in the show. Um, and yeah, we're, we have these great little moving units that can represent either mountains or Arendelle and uh, a lot of really... Um, things that can be used in different ways throughout the show mm -hmm. and one thing i really like is just kind of that uh scandinavian look that you've created on a lot of the scenery um and did you use like stencils for some of that or, or how was that kind of achieved yeah um so one of the one of my cheats that i have for scene painting is using transparencies and an overhead projector um so all the designs were um, based on some of the concept designs that were then kind of rung through my artistic sensibilities drawn out on my wacom tablet and then printed out here at the theater onto transparencies and then chalked out on the walls and then <laughs> painted <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, it, it, it's looking really uh, visually striking, and and uh, at one of the uh, production meetings that we had, you were showing the the team some of your artwork concepts and what you were gonna. And this is gonna be painted like this, and and I remember looking at you and saying, 
well, you're the one who's going to paint this. Remember this in two weeks when you're saying, I can never get this painted. Yeah, I know. I, there was even some stuff that I was holding back and wasn't showing the whole team because I'm like, you guys are already feeling too sorry for me for how much I have to paint. I don't even want to show you the rest of this because you're just going to keep groaning for me. Yeah. Oh, I wasn't feeling sorry for you. Let's, oh, yeah. let's make that very clear. <laughs> um, uh, talking about some of the other visual things, um, let's talk a little bit about uh, the costumes for this show um again it has the the iconic looks that that are needed but and then also some of the costumes have to you know do things so talk about um the costumes yeah well of course we have the amazing gene spilker on costumes for this one who have who has uh, costumed a lot of the disney musicals that we've done at least for stars of summer anyway and she always does such a tremendous awesome job with them not only with uh, how they look but how they function like you talk as well that is one thing to make sure oh it looks good but you also have to perform and sing and move around and do quick costume changes in these things you know you can't have all this lace up these buttons you know you have to hold stuff together with velcro and hot glue yeah <laughs> and Jean does it she does an amazing job with it and like you alluded to of course if you've seen the movie during let it go uh, Elsa has this great on screen and in our case on stage costume change where she goes from one dress to the other with a, a sweep of her hand with magic and we uh, we accomplish that on stage with these uh, costumes that we have yeah yeah uh, you mean it's not magic though well it's theater magic oh okay, okay good good <laughs> So for people who don't know, you know, you know, there there is a stage version of the show that is an adaptation of the movie. Um, and there are some some differences in the uh, between the two, um, as there always are whenever there's a stage adaptation. Um, what are some of the maybe added moments, added materials in the show that audiences should uh, keep an eye out or an ear out for? Yeah, the two most noticeable things are some added songs, and I think that the musical version really delves even deeper into that relationship between the sisters, Anna and Elsa. That it is there are so many missed connections between them in the show, and that is something that we've really worked into the staging and of the way that the two girls are playing the characters as well. That if you watch, you'll notice a lot of kind of missed looks between the two of them, where one of them is reaching out for the other, but the other one just just misses it. And uh, sometimes when they do connect that it I want to say it uh, fire starts but it's the opposite of that because it's ice uh, but uh, there is there are sparks there where it doesn't quite work out sometimes so the connection between the sisters is really important um, and then also some added songs um, that there is a great kind of middle of the show number called Higa with the Oaken family that I know Jamie has had stuck in his head for the yes. past few days <laughs> it's really annoyingly catchy it really really is and it's a whole big cast number where they're all just having a blast doing it but also there are some added numbers uh, where Elsa really gets to step out and tell you how she feels pre let it go where let it go she's saying hey I'm turning into me finally but you get to see more of that at the beginning with uh especially dangerous to dream when she is anointed as queen that she really talks about how she's unsure about the path that she's taking yeah that is a really neat song actually yeah i love that number and cecily does such a great job with it uh she talked about um in her interview how she can be a little nervous about taking on this role and she does a great job of taking that actor nervousness and turning it turning it into character unsureness and really playing that yeah well and you mentioned about the the kids uh talking about the expectations um that these roles have um how have you dealt with the expectation uh that audiences uh, are going to have on the show 
Yeah, I think you just have to embrace it, that you know they're coming for certain moments and they're coming for certain characters. So you just kind of lean into it a little bit and you just have fun with it. That is a note that I give the cast every day. They have so much choreography, so many lyrics, so much stuff to remember this show. But at the end of the day, the reason that they are here signed up for Stars of Summer is because they want to have fun doing theater. So I would rather see a, for instance, a song that kids are having fun doing and maybe not necessarily doing the choreography 1000% perfect than hitting every single step and having just blank faces and just going through the motions and just doing it because they've been told to do it. I want them to be having fun. And that's kind of my approach as a director too. Then I'm like, if I'm not having fun doing it, the cast isn't going to have fun doing it. And then the audience isn't going to have fun doing it. So you really have to bring that, that fun to the rehearsal process. Yeah. Yeah. So um, have the kids surprised you at all during rehearsals? In a positive way. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. I am always so astounded by the talent of these kids and the commitment to it. You ask them to come here and they've been rehearsing the show since the beginning of June, you know, and they they do come here and everybody gets tired and kids can get grouchy and blah, blah, blah. But so can grownups can get grouchy. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Um, But just the amount of work that they put into this and just the little moments that they come up with on stage. There was uh, when you watch the uh, show for the first time, Jamie, a couple of weeks ago, there's a moment between Kristoff and Sven, played by Callan Behrens and Ashton Hofling, where they had this little look back and forth, and it's this really cute little double take thing that they do. And you came up to me, Jamie, and said, Oh, I love that bit of staging that you came up with. It's really funny. I'm like, They just did that. That was something that they came up with. So it's just kids like that who have been involved in the program for so long that they pick up on these things and they bring things to their character without you even having to ask for it. And then, of course, you have the younger kids, too, that are are really new to the program. But then you see someone like Marie Erickson, who she's up on stage and she is so invested in every single scene like you can see it on her face that she's feeling frightened when the hidden folk come on when she turns over into a townsperson she is involved in all those scenes and she's eight years old and you can tell that she is in that world so you get surprises from the oldest kids and from the youngest kids. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's very cool. Um, and, and I don't know whether or not it, um, the, the little shtick moment, uh, that you mentioned before, whether that's a, a, a sign of us being uh, good or bad influences on those kids <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> that, they, that they know how to do a, a, a take bit uh, yeah. <laughs> and feel the need to put one in literally every show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, is there anything else um, that, you wanna, that we uh, should know about before we go into Frozen? Especially this show, it is really wall-to-wall music. You are not going to get bored watching this show. That it's uh, with intermission, it's probably around seventy minutes, seventy seventy-five minutes tops, and you are it flies by in such a good way, in an energetic way. So. You don't come to the show with expectations of being bored or being let down by young performers that they do a great job with it. And the show is really tight and has some great music in it as well. So only come to it with the expectations of having fun. And I think you will. Awesome. Well, Tyler, I will uh, let you get back to painting that ginormous backdrop that still needs to be painted. Yep. I'm going to get right on that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks a lot. Thanks. Thanks. It's time for the Curtain Call. This podcast is a production of Community Players Theatre in downtown Beatrice, Nebraska. Our production of Disney's Frozen Junior runs just one weekend, opening on Thursday, July 22nd, and running through Sunday, July 25th. 
Tickets are available by calling the box office or visiting our website. I'm Jamie Ulmer. This has been Places, Please, and we'll see you at the theater. Curtain in. House lights up. Thank you, podcast. Make sure to reset your props and hang up your costumes. 